<laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-hosts, Mitch and Floating Head Skyler. Um, we are talking about the New York Jets as we continue our team preview. Guys, I think maybe the most exciting team we've talked about of all the teams that we've previewed because of some of the names the Jets have added um, in their offseason, as well as the payoff of rookies like Sauce Gardner last year when he, when he, uh, uh, what did defensive he win? Defensive player of the defensive year. Player of de- uh, defensive rookie. rookie of the year. Defensive yeah. rookie of the year. Yeah, I was trying to remember the exact wording. And then, yeah. and Garrett Wilson won offensive yes. rookie of the year. So, uh, uh, so with with you know Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson, um, Robert Sala as as head coach leading that defense there. Um, it was definitely an improved season for the Jets, but it was still a little bit of a struggle for them. The season started. With a tough loss at home against Baltimore, 24-9, before they turned around, beat Cleveland in Week 2, lost to Cincinnati in Week 3, were 1-2. and two. They then proceeded to rattle off four consecutive wins, beating the Steelers, crushing the Dolphins, beating the Packers and Broncos, before a loss to the Patriots dropped them to 5-3. and three, But they turned around the next week and beat Buffalo at home. They were 6-3 and three heading into their bye they came out of their bye week with another tough loss to New England, 10-2-3, in what was a horrendous set of games for uh, Zach Wilson against the Patriots there. They turned around, beat the Bears the next week, 31-10, and they were 7-4. and And at that point, they were in the lead in the AFC East. They looked like a for-sure playoff team led by what was, in many respects, a top-five defense but they proceeded to lose six consecutive games, losing to Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami. In their last three weeks of the season, they put up a combined 15 offensive points. Finished the year 7-10 and um, on the outside, looking in of the uh, playoffs, last place in the AFC East, and it was largely due to some lackluster quarterback play. Zach Wilson started in nine games where he finished with 16, uh, just a sh- uh, hair under 1,700 total yards, seven uh, or six passing touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 54.5% completion percentage. Um, Joe Flacco and Mike White did step in and start four games each. They went a combined two and six, combining for eight touchdowns and seven interceptions themselves. So the Jacksonville, or not Jacksonville, the Jets, sorry, Finished the year with a total of 15 passing touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Now, they had some good production at halfback. Another rookie that we're talking about, Brees Hall, in the first seven games of the season, 463 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, 218 yards through the air, um, receiving and another receiving touchdown. But a season and injury knocked his year um, short. They brought in James Robinson from Jacksonville, but didn't use him very much. And were led by Michael Carter and Zonovan Knight through the rushing game the rest of the season, mostly. In receiving, they were led hands down by Garrett Wilson. The rookie had 83 catches, 1,103 yards, and four touchdowns. And on the defensive side of the ball, Sauce Gardner had himself a year. Uh, two interceptions to go with uh, 20 passes defensed. Um, the team was led in sacks by uh, Carl Lawson, or sorry, by Quinton Williams with 12. On the season, Carl Lawson finished with seven. A great defense in a lot of respects, 
but one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Mitch, what were your thoughts on the Jets last season? Did they exceed your expectations? Was it a little bit of a letdown with those last six weeks? What were your thoughts on the Jets in 2022? Yeah, I mean, I was generally surprised by the Jets. I didn't think that they would even get to the point where, man, this could be a Cinderella team that, you know, finally makes it to the playoffs after how many years and maybe can make some noise. Um, I'm really surprised they got to that level. Obviously, like you said, they're led by their defense. Sauce Gardner came in, was an amazing rookie. Um, they made a great pickup uh, for uh, the, the the Seahawks cornerback. DJ Reed came in, and they were one of the best cornerback duos in the league. Quentin, Quentin Williams finally looked like a, a top-10 guy that he was a couple of years ago, finally showing his potential. Um Carl Lawson, who got hurt right away, was finally able to play, and we saw what he was able to do. So, yeah, the defense is really put well together, obviously, as you expect from a guy like Robert Sala. But as you put it, the offense just couldn't get it done. Whether it was the instability of the quarterback position between all the guys that they've tried um, or the rushing attack or lack thereof, it's not really a, a good uh, indictment on you when – Brees Hall, who only played seven games, uh, had the most rushing yards and the most rushing touchdowns on the season, and nobody could beat that at 463 yards and four touchdowns. So that didn't help them. Garrett Wilson had an amazing season, like you said, but otherwise, you know, there really wasn't a guy who to step up to that number two option. Um, Corey Davis was all right. Elijah Moore and Denzel Mims are on different teams for, uh, you know, for a reason. So Besides Gary Wilson, they really didn't have anyone to lean on, uh, especially at the tight end position. So uh, the defense was really promising, but the offense just really held them back. And I kind of wonder uh, if they had sticked with Mike White. I know he had the interceptions problem, but when you really look at his stats from last year, I mean, the almost 60% completed almost 60% of his passes. He had almost as many yards as Zach Wilson, but played five fewer games. Uh, he was averaging 300, almost 300 yards a game. I don't know. I just feel like if they would have stuck with him, they might've gotten that Cinderella story. So it's just a very disappointing season that could have been. Sorry. Um, I was looking at uh, other things um trying to get get through this draft um for the Jets I mean as a Patriots fan there's there are a few teams that I hate more than New York teams um it's really just the New York teams but um it was interesting to see kind of the injection that Robert Sala was able to bring into this team specifically defensively Mitch listed off the fact that you know Quentin Williams was was playing like the player we all thought that he could the fact that you were able to get Sauce Gardner um and he immediately turns into one of the best defensive backs in the league um which uh which is funny because even uh, even of the two of them between him and Kobe Bryant they they would go back and forth over who um over who who played better at Cincinnati and and Sauce Gardner is by far so far is is played brilliantly yeah. um at the linebacker position ever, ever, like this entire defense is flowing so really is flowing super well especially in a league now or especially in their division where you have two of the highest octane powered offenses in Buffalo and Miami having a stout defense you can ask the Patriots um helps you get into those games and keep and keep winning them um 
I, throughout the season, kind of defended Zach Wilson at different times, and I, I do think that the kid still needs to to learn. Um, I don't, I, I don't, th- his talent is there, but his decision-making was awful. He was more concerned about trying to sleep with his teammates' moms than um, actually studying the playbook, and um, that's something that needs to be knocked out. That, 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 that's something, it's kind of, it's a maturity thing. He needs to grow up. He needs to realize that he's not, the shit um and i think new york probably wasn't the best place to start developing him because of just the it's the the market of new york itself um when you're in new york you have so many eyes on you you have so many um uh people watching your games every sunday there's so much criticism and if you're not mature enough you can't it's hard to take it um I do think that benching him was the was a good idea, but but like Mitch said, there wasn't really a suitable backup there. You could have had Mike White in. He did play well at different times throughout the, the season, but there was still no stability. Bryce Hall, uh, Brees Hall went down with an injury. The offensive line had some really good games and some really not so good games. Garrett Wilson was, you know, offensive player, offensive rookie of the year. So obviously another found talent. Um, and again, proving some of the other people that from even from his own team, better than some of the players from his own team with Chris Olave coming in, um, having his own great season, but Garrett Wilson just played better with probably worse quarterback play. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting. There, there's there's a lot of really really good, um, pieces, and there's a lot of good moves that are being made by the New York Jets. They're drafting really well. But I need to see how they continue to do for their development. And I mean, it, I think it's safe to say this is probably one of the better. This could be one of the best Jets teams since Mark Sanchez was quarterback or even Chad Pennington was quarterback. Um, so if they can get something settled, um, they could develop into a really, really good team that challenges for that AFC East crown that that moves that moves well. But uh, we'll get further into it. Um the, the, the final word, the potential is there. We'll just see how they develop it. Yeah, you know, we we every year in the NFL, there's there's some team that goes worst to first, you know. And there were moments this last season with the Jets where it looked like they were the team that was going to do that, you know. Um, instead, it ends up being Jacksonville um, down there in the AFC South. But but there was this moment last year where you looked around the league and you went, okay, so on top of having like Joe Burrow really come into his own, you know, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, we're seeing such good things out of Justin Herbert. Now we have two second year quarterbacks and Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence who are showing up and really putting their team on their back. But then you watched Zach Wilson play and you kind of realize this guy didn't really know what he was doing at all. Like I, I, I don't, necessarily know if zach wilson has the talent to be an nfl caliber quarterback i can say drafting what was he drafted number two overall number three overall something like that that's about right drafting a kid number two overall because of a great pro day that he had taking a kid who was born in a city of draper utah with a population of fifty-seven thousand people and throwing him into the largest sports market in the nation and on top of that one of the most, I'm just going to say it, one of the most hateful sports markets in professional sports is an extremely daunting task to then hope that that person is even average at the position. Now, 
can't is Zach Wilson going to learn from Aaron Rodgers as, as we talk about um, some stuff here going forward? You know, it's definitely we can definitely take a look at it. We can definitely see right, but I I don't know what the Jets necessarily were thinking when they drafted Zach Wilson. And I felt that way when they drafted him initially. I felt that way after his first season. I feel that way even more so after this season. He's already proven that he can't stay healthy. And when he is healthy, man, we just, I don't even think we've seen a game out of Zach Wilson in which I can look back at it and go, okay, I can feel confident about that. Like even with how bad Justin Fields has played at times with the Bears, there's still a couple of games where I can look at him and I can go, that was a good performance. That is a buildable performance. But right now, Zach Wilson is in the same boat as Daniel Jones was for a couple of years, where we're sitting here and you can get one staunch supporter like a Brady Russell who says, I'm not going to blame Daniel Jones. I think that, you know, we have to keep all these things in mind. None of that applies to Zach Wilson right now. He's got great wide receivers. He's got a great defense he can count on. He has weapons. You know, they've had premium draft capital to use um, to support the team. And have the Jets historically been a great drafting team? No. Have they been a good drafting team these last year or two? Yeah, actually. And to go back to what Mitch said about the running game, I think when you actually look at it, there's there's a direct correlation about when Brees Hall got hurt. Uh, He was hurt after seven games. He got hurt in a game against Denver. Uh, uh, at that time, he was averaging about 100 total yards per game between rushing and receiving, almost a touchdown per game. They were 5-2. and two. He got hurt. They go 2-8 and eight the rest of the way. They struggle to run the ball. They struggle to get solid offensive numbers. Now, Zach Wilson did also get hurt around that time frame there, and you were struggling between deciding of Joe Flacco or Mike White or the only guy who had a 60% completion percentage as a quarterback, Chris Strebler. Shout out to Strebler. Um But when you have a defense that statistically is so good, fourth in yards given up, third in first downs given up, third in passing yards given up, the fewest passing touchdowns given up this year, second in passing attempts per yard, they gave up the 25th most rushing attempts in the league, which, you know, teams are looking at, they go, we can't pass the ball against this defense, but we can run the ball. So despite giving up almost more rushing attempts than, than, 75% 75% of the league, they were still top 50 in yards, touchdowns, and yards per attempt. Like, this was a great defense, but it was a historically bad offense. 29th in points per game. You had 15 points your last three games. You had five games where you scored 10 points or less. All of them were losses. That's the difference in your season. So, yeah, you got some great players. But the same thing that has been haunting the Jets for the last couple of years haunted them again this year really poor performance from your interior offensive line you gave up 42 sacks last year defense despite being as good as they were really struggled to force turnovers i think in terms of like forced turnovers they were 30 something they were um 29th in the league they only forced 14 turnovers last year um and terrible quarterback play it's it's same shit different day for the new york jets However, maybe, just maybe, a new day has dawned in gangrene. Gentlemen, let's hop in our way, way back machine, and let's go all the way back to the glorious year of 2008. 2008, the world heading into a crippling recession. The uh, New York Giants have just won the Super Bowl, 
and a three-time MVP coming from the greatest team in the world, the Green Bay Packers, decides that he doesn't want to be a Packer anymore and gets traded to the New York Jets. Well, gentlemen, it's not 2008 anymore. Now a four-time MVP from the Green Bay Packers has decided to be traded to the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers ends up with the New York Jets. Now, if you compare what the Jets gave up to, let's say, the Matthew Stafford or the Russell Wilson trade, it looks like they got the better end of the deal. They did a pick swap. They gave up a second-round pick uh, to Green Bay this year. I think another fourth-round pick or fifth-round pick, something like that. But the important thing is next year's pick. If Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of snaps, the Green Bay Packers will get the Jets' first-round pick. If he plays less than 65 Green Bay gets their second-round pick. All in all, a pretty decent deal. But the Jets didn't stop there. They poached quite a few former Packers. Nathaniel Hackett, the old Packers offensive coordinator who had a terrible stint in Denver. He's now with the Jets. Adrian Amos, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Billy Turner, all these guys, former Packers, now playing for the Jets. But it wasn't just former Packers the Jets went after. They also picked up Chuck Clark, the safety from the Ravens. Um, as well as the uh, Dolphins old punter, Mecole Hardman, came from the Chiefs for the wide receiver position. Another former Packer, though, Tim Boyle, now with the Jets, um, and a couple others across the board. But the Jets did also lose some quality talent. Uh, Braxton Berrios, Sheldon Rankins, George Fant, um, just to name a couple, are gone, um, as well as some guys chosen not to be re-signed. Mitch, taking a look at the uh, Jets free agent class, let's take Aaron Rodgers out of it. We'll talk about him in a second. Looking at everybody not named Aaron Rodgers, what stands out to you? Yeah, I think when first looking at their losses, uh, I think the only real loss that could hurt them in some games uh, this coming season might be Braxton Berrios, not because of what he does as a receiver, but what he does as a returner. He was one of the better returners last year, so losing a guy like that I think could hurt their special teams. But otherwise, they didn't really lose much. Um they lost Nate Herbig and Nathan Shepard, but those guys are depth pieces, but otherwise really nobody of consequence, which is good for uh, a team like this that is up and coming and can't afford to lose any good players. Um, and then looking at the gains, I think Alan Lazard will be a solid player. We know what he can do within the net, Nathaniel Hackett system. Um, and with how the offensive line is, uh, they definitely could use his blocking. Um Otherwise, the free agency pickup that I like the most is uh, Adrian Amos. I just think that uh, the secondary is very young. It could use a veteran voice, and I think Adrian Amos is a good person to do that. Uh, we saw the effect that he had when he switched from the uh, Bears to the Packers. Uh, last year, you know, was a down year for him. Only 102 tackles, seven for a loss, a pick, five pass breakups, and about a 4% uh, missed tackle rate, and wasn't that great in coverage, but I think uh, with him coming here, working within a Robert Sala system, which is uh, worlds away from the Joe Barry system, I think he could have a, a bounce back year and really solidify the safety position, which isn't as strong as the quarter visit, corner position, um, and be that veteran for them. And I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind about the Adrian Amos signing, they're paying less than $2 million for him. Yeah. Like, for a 30-year-old safety who's been relatively proven, and yeah, he's had a down year, still had 100 tackles, still had multiple pass breakups, less than $2 million is one hell of a deal, honestly. 
Skyler, what were your thoughts on the uh, Jets' free agent moves? Um, yeah, I mean, you get two relatively good safeties and Chuck Clark and Adrian Amos now to help on that back line. I mean, we went through um, Adrian Amos. Is, I, I like how we said uh, a, a down year and then we're like over 100 tackles. And then, but I mean, still, like for what we know of him, it is kind of down. Um, I mean, Chuck Clark also had 100 tackles. Um, no tackles for losses or QB hits, more of coverage safety. Um, or at least more on the back end kind of safety. But I mean, this still is a guy that's willing to go up and hit. He's his tackles have gone up every year. I'd like to see him get more ball hawk, get get after the ball a little bit more. But I mean, the guy's been healthy. He's played a full he's played full seasons um to his entire career. Um, except for his rookie year where he missed one game. Um so he's a healthy player that can help in the back end. He's 28, so he still has a couple of good years left in him, at least in terms of what the NFL teams is a good year. Um, and comes from a Baltimore Ravens, uh, a system that has had some pretty good defenses over the years. Um, so having him on the back end and a Robert Sala defense is going to be great. Um, another one that I, I really like getting Quinter Jefferson on that interior defensive line. Uh, Brady mentioned uh, how many times they were, def- they were run against, but now you add Quinter Jefferson next to Gwynn Williams. Um, that'll be a pretty, pretty stout defensive line, especially on that interior um, that can probably hold up to some of the running backs that they're going to be able to see in this division. I'm thinking like, um, you know, uh, New England with Ramondre Stevenson um, and their myriads of different running backs that they're able to bring. Um, we have uh, Zach, Ma- not Zach Moss, who's the Buffalo. Uh, uh, James uh, Cook. James uh, Cook, yeah. Yeah, it's been, it's been raved about a lot in, uh, in Buffalo and just even some of the no, other running sorry. backs are out there. Dalvin Cook. James Cook is with Buffalo. No, I said Buffalo. James Cook. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about, about the possibility of Dalvin going no. to the Jets. Sorry. No, I was talking about running backs that they'll face within division. Gotcha. Um, and then uh, and then other good running backs that exist within um that they'll see on their schedule. Um, this is gonna be great for them. Um, and then obviously the myriad of different Packer players, Alan Lazard, um, Randall Cobb, and uh, Aaron Rodgers that they were able to get, as well as McCole, uh Nicole Hard- Hardman, um, who they were able to bring in over from the Jets. I think that he's kind of an underrated um, – he he could be another key part of that reworked wide receiver room. Um, so now it's not just, you know, Garrett Wilson and 50 feet of crap. You actually have some good players that have um, have some history with uh, Rodgers. My only concern, though, is that Alan Lazard was looked at as being like kind of a uh, – um, Kind of that a successor, well, not like in a. Uh, how do I want to wear this? Not like he was going to be able to do the reps of, um, Devonte Adams, but yeah, but that he was going to be able to pick up some of that, some of that uh, slack and be able to to do more. Um, I do realize he didn't play a full season; he did play only fifteen games, um, but over a hundred targets, only sixty receptions and uh had 78 yard or 788 yards as what i think most of us would consider if not the number one the number two receiver in um green bay and has had some drop issues over the years so i mean you got some familiar people in that system um but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that pairs i'm also not entirely sold on rogers um 
just being on a new team going to be able to play well. I mean, the offensive line is probably going to still going to be something that I'm going to be looking at a tackle position, something I'm looking at, especially with like Elijah Bear Tucker and some of these young uh, offensive linemen that they've been bringing in, having injury issues. Um, yeah. Mackay. Becton. Mackay Becton. Mackay Becton. Yes. Has, has, has had trouble keeping his weight down and also having trouble with um, injury issues. So that's going to be something I'm going to, take into consideration because Aaron Rodgers is the young gun that was able to run as much as he did when he first was with the Packers. So that's something, that's something to be wary of. If I'm looking at a part of this offense of, of this offense that I'm really keying on to see if this could disrupt the flow of this team at all, it's going to be that offensive line. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cool to see green Bay East, you know, building itself pretty decently. Um, gang green can, can try as they may, but they'll never be as good as the green and gold. Sorry, buds. Um, what, what I'll say is what I really liked about what the jets did was the re-signings. You brought back Carl Lawson, you brought back Connor McGovern, you brought back Quinn and Williams, you, you brought back Jordan Whitehead, but you extended Quinn and Williams. I love those to circle back to what Skyler was saying. Um, when I look, especially at their offensive line acquisitions, I just, I don't see anything I love and I'm not going to go. I don't think I'm going out on too much of a stretch here. And it's a point I'm going to continue to reiterate in saying that this might be the worst offensive line Aaron Rodgers has ever played with. He doesn't have a top three left tackle in David Bakhtiari. He doesn't have an all pro center like he did when he had um, Corey Lindsley. He doesn't have an all pro right tackle like Brian Bulaga or great guard play like Josh Sitton. He, or Elton Jenkins. He Aaron Rodgers has unfortunately, or like not unfortunately, but Aaron Rodgers has really been blessed with the talent of offensive linemen he's had in his time in Green Bay. And that's a blessing that is not going to carry over to the New York Jets. And just like Skyler said, you know, he's not as young as he used to be. But um, I do like them addressing, especially the defensive line uh, with Al Woods, uh, Quentin Jefferson coming over from the Seahawks and again, extending Quentin Williams after the solid year that he had I'm a little worried about the Sheldon Rankins loss. I actually thought he he played a pretty decent season with the Jets. I think they they definitely added some pieces to make up for that. Um, I absolutely love the Mecole Hardman signing. I think it's huge upside um, with, with really low cost uh, associated with it, but I will say um that some of the other uh uh losses that i look at here there was one very specifically that i was looking to bring up here um quan alexander one of your starting linebackers he's now out with the uh, jets um but i don't love when we look at some of these wide receivers they traded yeah, elijah real, real Moore. Quick, real quick go back to that loss who does he play for now the steelers quan alexander you said jet you said that he's out with the jets Sorry, he's he no longer with the Jets. He's now playing with the Steelers. Um, Just being sure, bud. Uh, uh, you had drafted Denzel Mims with a pretty pretty high draft pick when you took him. He's gone. You let him walk to Detroit. You traded Elijah Moore. Yeah, you're really confident in Garrett Wilson, and and yeah, you know you brought in guys like Alan Lazard. You're going to pay him eleven million dollars as a dude who's never had a thousand yard season worth eleven million dollars. Let's find out. Um, you brought in an aged veteran and Randall Cobb who has got great chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. It was a little bit of a joke when it happened, but guys, Green Bay East, it's really starting to look like Green Bay. You know, there's, there's a lot of carryover 
and a lot of sacrifice that was made on this roster to make room for Aaron Rodgers and who he wants. So let's talk about the big man, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. On paper, the best quarterback the Jets have ever had in their franchise. And I don't think it's particularly close. Like, statistically, Joe Namath is not a fantastic quarterback. Um, Mark Sanchez was the last quarterback to take him to the playoffs. This is a team who has passed on countless number of future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. They only had Brett Favre for a season, and they went, I think, nine and seven or something. I think they got. I think they made it to the playoffs in Favre's only season, but they got bounced immediately. Um, so, best quarterback the Jets have ever had. Definitely the biggest project maybe Aaron Rodgers has ever had. Is is it possible that the Jets win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers? Let's go scale of one to ten. Mitch, I'll kick it off with you. Let's say Aaron Rodgers plays two years this year and next year. Okay. Scale uh-huh. of one to ten. Ten being extremely possible one being not possible at all likelihood the jets win a super bowl i'll put it at a seven seven yeah okay i i, I think Ugh. when you look at this team the base is there like we've talked about the defense it's really great at every level i like what it's doing it's being held by robert sala i really don't have the worries there they have a nice receiver in Garrett Wilson, who's one of the better young talents. Brees Hall, when healthy, is a great running back. And uh, we saw what the production that he can do. Um, it's just, what are they going to do with the offensive line? Like you said, it's the worst offensive line he's ever had uh, in his career. Um, so they're going to have to figure a way to configure that, to uh, get it to, I don't know, at least average or something. Because I feel like that's the the number one Achilles heel for this team. Uh, so I put it at seven just for where they're at right now. If they had a better offensive line, I would probably go higher. I don't know about you, Skyler, but seven already seems pretty high to me. Same question to you, bud. Scale of one to ten, what's the likelihood the Jets win a Super Bowl in the next two years? Next two years? Oh, okay. Um. Oh, also, I have to uh, let you know that uh, – in Brett Favre's only season with the Jets, uh, you are correct in assuming that uh, the normal team didn't make the playoffs. But remember what also happened in two thousand eight in the AFC East? Yes, Tom Brady. Tom Brady tore his ACL, and that's the year Miami won. Miami won the East. Um, so no, that they went nine and seven, but they missed the playoffs. Um. For this year's Jets making the playoffs, winning the Super Bowl, I'm gonna go like a three. Um, I I don't want to steal Brady's thunder. Um, into talking about the offensive line, so I'll let him deal with that. I'll talk about the quarterback play. Um, Aaron Rodgers is getting to the point in his career where, um. His arm is going to start slowing down. He's not going to be able to run as fast. Um, and uh, his intelligence will still be there. But for a player that's relied a lot on his arm and has relied a lot on being able to use that to his advantage, I, I think there's going to be a learning curve. And then now take into consideration what's what has happened to Aaron Rodgers when he's had some of his weaker offensive lines, when he continuously gets hit. Normally, he gets injured. Um, 
I mean, the guy has broken what two collarbones. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing with um a broken finger at one point, I believe. Yeah, broken um, finger, a broken toe. He tore yeah. his calf muscle like week one against Chicago when they came back on Sunday Night Football in like 2018. Yeah, so the man can play through injuries. But he, the idea with this offensive line and him already getting older, him not having some kind of injury that is going to affect his playing style, his playing style over the next two years, I think is going is a little unrealistic. Um, taking and then something else that needs to take into consideration how competitive the AFC as a conference in general is, because you're also going not only do the Jets have to win the AFC East with you know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers reincarnated in Josh Allen um, with, you know, a better defense, a better offensive line, and a more intact wide receiver core. Um, you also have to contend with my uh, Miami, who has a pretty okay defense and uh, a relatively good uh, offense. New England, who is always going to be bringing in good defense just in your own division. And now take into consideration, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and what they've been able to do. Baltimore Ravens and how well they've been playing over the last couple of years. Um, you have Kansas City Chiefs um, and their dominance um, over the AFC and the NFL in general over the last uh, since Tom Brady left New England. Um, they having to contend with all of that. I, I put the likelihood at about a three. I think that if they can go through it, then then that they I feel like that it is a possibility, especially with all of the young talent that they have on both sides of the ball, it can be done. But it requires Aaron Rodgers to play better. Um, and he's played he has to get back to MVP form and he has to do it with a worse offensive line, um, with wide receiver, with you know, uh an old Randall Cobb, uh, Randall Cobb, an Alan Lazard that I've I've pointed out has his issues, um, and a a young wide receiver that he's not entirely familiar with. Now, granted, Garrett Wilson is more talented, I think, than some of the wide receivers he was working with in Green Bay, um, but there's a there's a lot of things that are stacked against this Jets team, um, and it's not not a discredit to their to their talent or their ability. It's just there's there's a lot that's in their way. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to agree with Skyler in terms of score. I'm also going to go with a three, but I'm going to go in a little bit of a different direction. We've talked about it before ad nauseum. The AFC is fucking stacked, right? In order for the Jets to win the Super Bowl, they got to get to the Super Bowl. In order for the Jets to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to run the table against some myriad of most likely crazy opponents in the AFC. This is a really solid Jets defense. There's no doubt about that. But as Skyler said, that offensive line is rough. They gave up 42 sacks last year. That would be the most Aaron Rodgers has been sacked since 2018. Um, it's only four times in his career as a starter has he been sacked more than 42 times. And two of those years came in 2009 and 2012, respectively. So, tough aspect for him. I don't know if it's a fair criticism to talk about a brand new system because really it's not. Their offensive coordinator is Nathaniel Hackett. They're going to be running pretty much the exact same system they were running when he won the MVP with Hackett. It's a couple of new faces, but it's also a myriad of, of you know, uh, old faces he's extremely familiar with. If there's a position on offense that we haven't talked about very much, it's definitely that tight end position for the Jets. Um, right now, your starters are Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzoma. Solid players. Um, 
not world beaters, not, I, you know, I, I don't even know if they're better tight ends than what Aaron Rodgers has played with historically in his career. Um, but that's definitely a little point of weakness for them. But when I just look at the rest of the AFC and I go, I don't know if this team can beat Buffalo in a playoff game in Buffalo. I don't know if this team can beat Kansas City in a playoff game. I don't know if this team can beat Cincinnati in a playoff game. I really like what I've seen out of the Jags. I don't know if they can beat the Jags in a playoff game. I don't know, you know, are the Chargers going to be a lot better? What are we going to see out of the Broncos? What are we going to see out of the rest of the AFC North? Who knows what the Titans are going to look look like? Like, there are tons of these quality AFC opponents that the Jets are going to have to run the table on if they have any hope of making the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, until proven otherwise, someone not named Pat Mahomes or Joe Burrow has not represented the AFC in the Super Bowl since Tom Brady left. The idea that that's going to change, I don't know I don't know how likely that's that's going to be just with the pure addition of uh, of Aaron Rodgers. Best quarterback the Jets have ever had, no doubt about that. And there are, I would say, 25 other franchises across the NFL who would kill to have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is not the uh, solution to all problems. Take it from a Packer fan. Now, since the state of Wisconsin has been on our mind so much, let's talk about the New York Jets draft where in the first round they took me and Mitch's hometown, Waukesha native Will McDonald, the edge rusher out of Iowa State. They followed up in the second round, taking another Wisconsinite, Joe Tipman, uh, the center. In the fourth round, they took uh, Carter Warren, offensive tackle from Pittsburgh, following it up with another Pittsburgh player. Shout out to my fiance, Krista. Um, they took halfback Israel uh, Abanakanda. Um, in the sixth round, they took Zaire Barnes, linebacker out of Western Michigan. They also took Jarek Bernard, Converse defensive back at LSU. And then the seventh round, Zach Koontz, tight end out of Old Dominion. So, Mitch, first off, A-plus draft grading because, you know, two two Wisconsinites there for sure. Yeah. Um, but grading the, uh, the Jets draft, keeping in mind they got all of this and Aaron Rodgers without having to give up a first-round pick this year. How do you grade the uh, Jets draft class? Yeah, so I like Will McDonald. McDonald uh, as a prospect, not just because he's from Waukesha, but I think he was a very underrated guy at Iowa State. Um, and I think he needs some time to develop, but I think he can be a solid guy. But where they took him, I feel like he, you know, was a second rounder. And I just felt like they might have reached a bit when obviously the offensive line should have been their number one uh, worry. Um, um, but the guys that I do like uh, from this draft, Joe Timmon, obviously, um, I think he really helps solidify the center position. He's a very athletic guy, great in space. Um, during his career at Wisconsin, only gave up a sack. So I feel like he could work very well within what Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers want to do, and they're going to need that. And then uh, Israel Abendakandi, uh, Reese Hall was hurt, obviously, and he's coming back from that. And we talked about how there wasn't really much behind him. Uh, I feel like he can come in and be uh, and come into that rotation. Last year at Pittsburgh, he had over 1,500 scrimmage yards, 21 touchdowns, averaged about six yards a carry and 12 yards a catch. I feel like the dude's a really nice playmaker. Daniel Hackett will definitely find some ways to use him. Um, and just kind of looking at the rest of the draft, it's kind of lackluster for me. Uh, 
Zaire Barnes is okay. Jared Bernard Pompers from LSU. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get just with how stacked the corner room is. And Zach Koontz is okay at the tight end position. Um, but I don't think he's going to come in and like uh, steal a job from like CJ Ozuma or Tyler Ponson or anything like that. And then Carter Warner's depth. Um, if I had to give this grade, I'd probably give it like a maybe like a solid C just because I really don't like what they did with the first round. I feel like they kind of reached on Will McDonald and I think they should have used some resources to try to get one of these offensive tackles knowing that they were going to get a 38-year-old Aaron Rodgers and they need to protect him. Um, Joe Timmon was nice towards that. They, the offensive tackle position is the weakest on this line. Um, and besides the two guys that I addressed, I don't feel like the uh, they did enough for what this team is trying to do in trying to run the table in uh, two years as long as they have Aaron Rodgers. So I'll give it a C. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little bit more optimistic. I'll go C plus, but I mean, a lot of his criticisms with it, I, I, I have similar ones. I think Will McDonald is a great prospect. Um, keyword prospect. Um, very athletic, uh, has a lot of lateral quickness, um, could get around the tackles really well. Probably one of the best players to come out of Iowa state, including, you know, Brees Hall, um, that is on this team as well. Um, and definitely the best player to come out of uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, since, you know, our very own Braden Russell. Um, but uh, it's, I mean, but I, I, I don't agree. know. I, I think Joe Schobert was a better player than I was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, talk- I'm talking recently, but I'm talking recently. Um, uh, Joe Schobert was. He was, he's older than us. He's older than us. Yeah. But a couple he, years. He like left. Uh, his like first year, he's only like two year, two or three years older than us. He's not very yeah. much older than us. Yeah, I just I, well, I, I'm just saying to the to the almost twenty five year old. Um, but uh, Will McDonald, like great prospect, but you should have taken an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman at fifteen. I understand that you know Paris Johnson, um, Peter Skronsky, and Darnell Wright had all all already been taken at that point. Like I get that p- part. If that's the case, trade back, get some more trade. Like, like there are other moves that you could have made. Will McDonald could have still still been available um, later in the draft. Um, there were some people that were really high on him. I think that if he develops right, and he most likely will under um, Salah, um, but but the fifteen was too high. Joe Tipman, great player, wonderful center. You don't have to worry about Connor McGovern uh, with Joe Tipman being there. Um, he'll help Saul. Uh, solidify that Carter Warren good intangibles but again another developmental player um and you need people starting at tackle now you need people there now um Israel Israel Abanaconda did I say that right yeah um I think he I think he can definitely work in as a, a second uh a second or third Running back in the system, he adds a lot of speed to this room. Um, he can work very well uh, behind Brees Hall um, and, and some of these other players and be able to um, do a lot um, for this team. And then the last one I'll touch on is uh, Zach Coombs, who you have to be careful when you're pronouncing that name. Um, uh, he is uh, he has all of the traits. He has every kind of trait that you need. The guy is 6'7", 255. Um, 
Uh, his 40-yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump, short shuttle, and three-cone all ranked the 90th, 90th percentile at his position and at the combine. So he is a freak athlete. Um, if Nathaniel Hackett can find a place where he can shine, um, then this is this could be a steal. But again, it's in terms of, but but again, it's and that's and that's the best thing you can hope out of a sixth rounder is that they're a very very good athlete that you can find a place for them on your team or that they're a hidden gem that other people forgot about. So I also go C plus because again, it's not that the players are bad or that they're, they can't work in the system or in the NFL. It's just a lot of the key ones at the top of the draft are developmental prospects. When you need players that can start on that offensive line right now. Yeah. I'm So I'm a lot more optimistic about it. I actually give it a B. Um, part of me giving it a B is the fact that you traded for Aaron Rodgers and didn't actually give up a first round pick in this draft. That's great. Fair enough. Part of uh, part of the grade not just being like a straight up A or A plus or anything higher is that yeah I absolutely agree with you guys on the Will McDonald pick I, I think he has the possibility of being a great player but this is a Jets team who had already invested quality draft capital into guys like Jonathan Frank John Franklin Myers had just re-signed Carl Lawson had drafted Jermaine Johnson in this in the first round the year before I believe and now we're taking another edge rusher in the first round who's most likely going to be second or third on your depth chart for edge one way or another. And we can sit here and be like, Broderick Jones was off the table um, because New England did did the most New England thing possible and threw up a middle finger at the Jets to allow the Steelers to draft a tackle. Peter Skoransky, Mm -hmm. Darnell Wright, all gone. That's fair. Anton Harrison was still available, though. quality, In my opinion, he was a first-round tackle. I know other people didn't agree with that, but if this is a Jets team, that is anticipating having to give up their first round pick next year, because if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play 65% of snaps, something has gone terribly wrong for you. Not trading back or just drafting the position you most desperately need to tackle doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Now, the Tittman um, pick, I love, because Tittman, in my mind, is versatile enough to play all three of the interior offensive line positions. I don't think he's versatile enough to move out to tackle, not in the NFL at least, but he can definitely challenge Connor McGovern for starter at center. And and I think he can slide into the guard positions really well, which outside of tackle guard was a desperate need for the jets. Elijah Vera Tucker hasn't really panned out as well as everybody kind of hoped that he would. Um, and right now your other starting tackle is is Lakin Tomlinson. Um, Abanaconda. I love, Everything else I can I can take or leave. Listen, you've invested a good chunk of change in the tight end position between Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzoma. It didn't really work well for you last season. Taking a tight end in the seventh round, when you take a, a, a in my mind, a little bit of a generic tackle pick in the fourth round, when you could have gotten in my a better tight end, you could have gotten Payne Durham or Will Mallory or somebody that really could have boosted that tight end room. I would have loved to see a lot more. Um, the linebacker pick in Zaire Barnes, I think he's a, he's a decent player and you're looking to to um, fill in some of the gaps left by guys like Quan Alexander leaving, um, hoping that C.J. Mosley fully bounces back. Remember, he's never really lived up to the contract that the Jets had signed him for from Baltimore a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, all in all, I give it a B largely because their biggest acquisition in terms of everything is Aaron Rodgers. And even though he wasn't drafted, that's de- that definitely has to play into this. You know, imagine 
how, imagine what we would have graded the, the uh, Rams draft classic the year that they picked up Matthew Stafford if they didn't have to give up a first round pick to get Matthew Stafford, you know. Um, but everything else is is a little hit or miss for me, honestly. So I'll give it a B all in all. Now, let's uh, take a look at the Jets 2023 schedule. They're going to kick the season off at home against Buffalo. Aaron Rodgers making his debut for the uh, Jets there. They're going to follow it up going to uh, Dallas, which is ironically Aaron's second home down there in Arlington. Um, They come back home for a game against New England, uh, uh, followed up by a home game against Kansas City on the road at Denver week five. And if you've been following the beef between Sean Payton and the Jets coaching staff, that could be interesting. It is a point of note, keep in mind, that that week is the first week Sunday night football games can be flexed. So if the NFL wants to make things really funny, they could flex Denver and the Jets into Sunday night football. Um, after that game, though, they followed up with a home game uh, against Philadelphia before a bye week. Out of their bye week, they're on the road against the New York Giants. Killer, killer travel there for the Jets. Um, back home against the Chargers, at the Raiders, at Buffalo, home against Miami and Atlanta, uh, as well as Houston for a three straight home game stand before closing the season at Miami, home against Washington, at Cleveland, and finishing it off at New England. 7-10 and 10 last year, Aaron Rodgers, the new uh, starting quarterback. Mitch, how do you think the Jets are going to go in 2023? Yeah, so I have the Jets going 11-6 and six this upcoming season, uh, which would place them in my playoff rankings as the fifth seed. Um, oh, okay. Just look, just looking at their schedule, the there's a lot of contenders there, and I like you guys pointed out their concerns. I don't know how they're gonna fare. You know, they have the Bills twice a year, twice this year. They have the Chiefs. They have the Eagles. Uh, you know, they have the Dolphins within their division, uh, Chargers, uh, so on and so forth. So there's a lot of tough opponents, which is why it's going to be easy for them to get those six losses, but there's a lot of teams on this schedule that I think they can uh, win um, or keeps them a little bit going further from me. Um, we've, you know, harped it a bunch of times, the offensive line. Uh, it's looking kind of dire right now, um, especially at the tackle position. It doesn't look that great. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think we'll have a, you know, a good year coming in, but can those guys step up and, give Aaron Rodgers a second and third option that remains to be seen. Can we get something out of the tight end position? Um, the running back position is kind of a question, uh, Mark, just because, of, you know, is Dalvin Cook going to come? Is is he not? I think that would change a lot of uh, my viewpoints about their season. And I think the defense will play the, you know, just like they did last year and be in a fantastic defense. So I think they're going to go 11-6. 11 and six making the five seat Skyler agree disagree what's your prediction I have them going nine and eight so still better than last year um and they barely miss out on the playoffs for me um, Ooh. but when I look at it um a lot of their away games are gonna be rough for me um even some of their home games are gonna be rough like the fact that you know yeah you do play the bills you put you play the bills twice this year you play Miami, you play New England. New England is going to have a good defense um, and their offense is going to be better. And I think a lot of people kind of keep forgetting that. And that even though of, I would agree, of the four teams in the AFC East, New England is probably the team that has the least optimi- optimism in winning. 
um the AFC East, that defense is still going to be solid on both on both uh the back end and at the edge. Remember um Josh Uche and um uh who's the other Matt Judon? Matt Judon. I was like I couldn't remember yeah Matt Judon um I I think like, together they totaled 30 sacks between the two of them last year and they just continue to get better. Um like that's something and we're talking about how weak we think this offensive line is going to be and they have to play New England twice this year. They have to play Kansas City this year. They have to they have to play the entire AFC West. Um they have to play the entire AFC East. Um and again like or NFC East. Um, like you have, you have both Super Bowl teams from last year. You have Buffalo, who was probably the best team last year. You had to face twice. Um, you have to take on, um, Cleveland, which we talked about is not going to be a slouch. Um, you have to take on, um, uh, the Chargers, those kinds of teams. Um, granted, they can get to 11 wins. I do think that they can, but I think that, between the fact that, you know, their offensive line is going to be weak. I don't have faith that Aaron Rodgers is going to go back to MVP form just because he's in Nathaniel Hackett's offense again, because we were still talking about, like Mitch said, which of those two wide receivers, which of the wide receivers merges as number two? Um, just do they continue to develop in the right way? And does Aaron Rodgers stay healthy? Um, so that's why I have him going nine and eight. Nine and eight. All right. I'll split the difference, boys. Ten and seven. Um, do they make the playoffs? Yes, as the seventh seed. Um, here's a, here's a crazy thing. Ten of the first eleven opponents the Jets play are teams who have made the playoffs in either of the last two seasons. The only team who isn't on that list, the Denver Broncos. Um, however, only two of their last six opponents have made the playoffs in each of the in either of the last two seasons. Um. This is on paper a brutal schedule, but if there's one thing we know about Aaron Rodgers, he's played very well at home and saying that, okay, to start the season off, I get Buffalo, New England, Kansas City, Philadelphia, the Giants, even though it's technically a road game, um, and the Chargers all in my home stadium. That's that's one hell of a luck of the draw, in all honesty. Um, if this is a Jets team that can get out of those first 11 weeks five and five or six and four, they should be able to win uh, at least four of their last six games and can get themselves close to 10 and seven, maybe even better. But because of some of those trades that we had talked about, you know, you let, you traded Elijah Moore, you let Denzel Mims walk right now. Your wide receiver room is looking a little weak. Now, Alan Lazard, Corey Davis right now, Randall Cobb, um, Garrett Wilson, Mecole Hardman, a lot of pretty decent names, but not a ton of thousand yard receivers, not a ton of massive amounts of production. I've highlighted the tight end position. We've talked about the weakness at guards um, and frankly, the weakness at tackles. This right side of the Jets offensive line, Elijah Vera Tucker and Max Mitchell right now as your projected starters is rough for me to, to, to look at. And Billy Turner, I think is, is a decent player. I think he's okay. He can swap, swap in and out um, between the tackle positions. Makai Becton though. I, I, I don't trust Makai Becton to guard Aaron Rodgers' blindside. blind side. Um, and defensively, you know, we've highlighted 
Um, some of the issues in the secondary position, remember they signed Chuck Clark, but he's now out for the season after uh, having an injury. So right now you're starting safeties, Adrian Amos, Jordan Whitehead. Um, I think your linebacker position is relatively weak. Uh, Sherwood, Mosley, Quincy Williams, uh, without a ton of depth behind them, that's not anywhere near the best linebacker core in your own division, let alone in your own conference. So this is where this team can get taken advantage of. But Aaron Rodgers is Aaron fucking Rodgers. And a lot of these games, they should be able to win. You should be able to split your season series against Buffalo. You should be able to at least split your season series against New England. Between then Dallas, Kansas City, Philadelphia, the other AFC West opponents, you know, and Cleveland, you, you, Aaron Rodgers is a good enough quarterback, at least from what we've seen, that you should be able to win a couple of those games. Now, I'll say if the Packers had gone 14 and three last season or 12 and five last season, I, I would give the Jets a much higher chance of making the playoffs. But we watched what Aaron Rodgers kind of did last year when he had to go through a minor rebuild and it wasn't pretty. Now I know Aaron's famous quote of an off year for me is a frame is a career year for other guys. That's absolutely correct. Aaron Rodgers' performance last year still would have made him the most successful Jets quarterback in like 15 seasons. Um, but the standard right now for the Jets isn't better than what we've had. It's four-time MVP Super Bowl champion Aaron Rodgers, right? That's where the Jets believe that with the defense that they have, they can be. I don't know if they can get there. I don't think they've done a good job investing their resources on their offensive line. I don't love some of the depths they have at wide receiver. If any of those guys get hurt, truly, if Garrett Wilson goes down for three or four weeks, I have no idea where the passing offense is going to come from. Alan Lazard, sub a thousand yards. Randall Cobb couldn't stay healthy when he was back with Green Bay. You know, Brees Hall was a very good receiving back. But then if we talk about adding Dalvin Cook in, now Dalvin Cook with the possibility, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight, um, Israel Abanaconda. I don't know where these guys are going to get their snaps from. I, like, I don't know how they're going to fully get that so that anybody's the number one or the number two or the number three. It's going to get confusing. Um, and that's where sometimes depth can be a massive problem for a team. Um, and and then, yeah, problems at the linebacker course. So I, I have them going 10 and seven. They're feasibly good enough to go 10 and seven. But this isn't a pretty schedule. Mitch, let me ask you a question here. If you had to make one big prediction for the Jets in 2023, you had them on a 7 out of 10 rating for the possibility of winning the Super Bowl in either this season or next season, what would be your big prediction for the Jets? I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to break all the major single-season Jets passing records uh, by getting – and these are just the minimums because these would be breaking the record. Uh, four thousand and eight yards, thirty-two touchdowns, seven picks, sixty-nine uh, percent completage, and a QBR of one hundred four point three. I think he could do all of it except completion percentage. Yeah, that's I, the one. That's what I'm kind of iffy on. Iffy on, but he should. Yeah, he should be able to beat all of those other yard or all of those yeah. other records. Do you know who has the completion percentage record? Chad is Pennington. Yep. Is it Brett Damn. Favre? Chad Pennington. <laughs> Chad Pennington. Let's fucking go. 
No, I mean, Chad Pennington is the right answer, but I just thought it would be funny if it was Favre. Um, I'm going to say... Wait, it's not Gino originally... Smith? <laughs> it's um, not Christian I... Hackenberg? <laughs> so, so my... um, Oh my god, I forgot he played for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, So my, like... The thing is, I have to, like, scale back mine because sometimes I, like, go really, really too extreme on these. Um, what I originally ran down was that Garrett Wilson doesn't lead the, the Jets in any receiving category, but that's just not realistic. Um, I'm going to say Will McDonald doesn't play a snap this year. Does and wow. Doesn't play a snap the whole year? Yeah crazy i mean right now he's listed as number three on the depth chart so that's not crazy but on special teams i'm just kidding yeah um uh for the first time since 2012 aaron Rodgers will be sacked 50 or more times in 2023 (laughs) and you have him going 10 and 7 and i have him going 10 and 7 The, the my rationale behind it being that even when we look back at 2012 with the uh, the Green Bay Packers that year, they still went 11 and five, and he was sacked 51 times that year. He's a good enough quarterback to get around being sacked. Okay, but also this isn't the same quarterback that he he isn't You're, the same quarterback that he absolutely. was in 2012. Yeah, but Ab- wasn't he like 27 that year? Yes, absolutely. He was 20. <laughs> he, yes, you you guys are absolutely correct. He was 27 that year, and that's but. Remember, let's 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 remember to the early 2010s <laughs> Packers teams, not known oh. for historically great defenses. This is by far the best yeah. defense that he's played with in a okay, co- the, in a couple of years. So okay, in 2012, you still had a lot of remnants from that 2010 defense. You're yes, you're yeah. absolutely correct. But Nick Collins gone, one of the best safeties in the league. Um, you had lost uh, linebacker depth. Nick Barnett was gone at that point. Um, you had lost. Nick Collins was gone. You know, like you didn't have another pass rusher outside of Clay Matthews. It was a team that like could, fair. you know, like fair enough. But like to say it wasn't like a, a good defense is, I think, a little stretch. It wasn't as good as it what wasn't. the Jets on paper have walking into the season. No, Remember, twenty twelve. Right. That's the same. That's the same playoff run where they gave up like what two hundred and fifty rushing yards to Colin Kaepernick in the playoff game. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you guys been shit about uh, rush defense for a while. Well, um, exa- exactly. So. It fit, he gets sacked 50 or more times this year. Now, let's let's crunch some numbers really quick. To get sacked 50 times in a season, you have to average about 3 sacks per game. When yeah, I look no, at this doable. when I look at this Jets offensive line, 50 3 sacks per game is is absolutely no, doable for this no, team. No, pretty pretty my my problem is the fact that he's not going to get sacked 50 plus times this year. It's that he's going to get sacked 50 plus times this year and they win 10 games. That's my problem. Well, if the Jets can resolve the issues on defense in, in regards of forcing turnovers, because again, they ranked 29th in the league last year in forcing turnovers, despite having a great defense. If they can get their offense to just convert um, on third downs, they were terrible on third downs last year. If they can get sustainable drives, then, then they can weather being sacked. This was a Jets team last year that unfortunately couldn't weather being sacked. I think I saw the statistic where if their quarter, if they had a sack on any given drive, there was like a 92% chance that they would punt before gaining another first down. Like it was a crazy high statistic for the Jets last year. Aaron Rodgers is a good enough quarterback to 
to get over getting sacked sometimes. And, you know, but the other part to that is when we look at this schedule, there's a lot of very good pass rushers on here. Von Miller, mm-hmm. Micah Parsons, Matthew Judon, Von Miller, uh, Chris Jones, twice a year. Von Miller twice a year, Chris Jones, everybody that the Philadelphia Eagles have. Kayvon mm-hmm. Thibodeau, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack, um, Chandler Jones, and um, who's the other guy with the Raiders? Max Crosby. Max Crosby. Max Crosby. Um, Miami now. Bradley Chubb two times a year. You know, if Chase yeah, Young knows. stays with stays with Washington, Chase Young, Jadavion Clowney. Again. Like there's there's a good amount of pass rushing talent that the Jets have to face. But feasibly, their defense is good enough to keep them in games as we saw through the majority of last year. No, no. Again, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. My my only problem with with it is that I need to see Aaron Rodgers get sacked 50 times and still be an effective quarterback. Well, there's also the aspect to this is if is if Aaron Rodgers is getting sacked three times per game, does he make it 17 games? That's that's no. a that's a huge no. question, right? Because because again because again I'm gonna like in like rank of likelihood of our hot takes happening. Yours is like one; it's most likely going to happen. Mitch is like a two; like probably will happen if he plays a full season. And then mine's three because again, mine aren't ever really real that realistic. Um, but that's the fun of a hot take. So let's uh, may, I think we might all unanimous unanimously agree on this. But Mitch, if you had to p- pick one position group coach player one single thing that's going to make or break the jets in 2023 what would it be offensive line skyler I mean, is that the same answer for you <laughs> no i actually put aaron Rodgers. i okay. did put aaron Rodgers, but like yeah no, well it's, let's it's because let's, i knew someone was gonna say offensive line <laughs> fair mitch let's if there's any new points on the offensive line that we haven't already hammered out any particular reason you're picking the offensive line there um yeah, I mean, it's just hard to believe that this group is going to stay healthy. I mean, they're Dwayne Brown, who's the projected left tackle, who's almost 40 years old, is on PUP. And until he comes back, they're going to rely on Billy Turner to play left tackle. That already do- doesn't bode well for them. But Kai Becton isn't even starting. Um, and even when he does, who knows? Yeah. And Elijah Vera Tucker. You know, we talked about the inconsistencies, but he also has his share of injury problems. So when three out of the five spots in your offensive line has injury history, it's concerning. Um, but if they're somehow able to get a healthy season, and I know there's no way this uh, offensive, offensive line is going to be like a top 10, like Eagles kind of like offensive line, but. I don't know if they cut down the sacks from last year and go from like 42 sacks to uh, say like between 35 and 30, I think they could really boost their chances of getting into the playoffs. But obviously if they're going to let Aaron Rodgers get sacked, like you think in 50 plus, then, you know, he might not even make it to the second year. Might not make it to the 10th week. Um, I, I, I'm going to go, I, I stand by Aaron Rodgers because I think that, no matter how the offensive line plays, like we said, like the argument me and Brady were literally just having is can Aaron Rodgers still be effective? Like that, that, that is, that is what he is. That's what he's trying to prove here. 
That's what he is trying to prove by, and he has tried to prove over the last couple of years, is that the only reason Green Bay was as good as they were was because Aaron Rodgers was there. We saw that, you know, they go through a mini rebuild and his stats plummet. Um, he throws a tantrum basically the entire year um, and forces his way out through a trade. And now he gets what he wants. He gets a new team that is willing to bend to his every will that apparently got a list of the players that he wanted signed onto the team. And they went out and signed those players. They signed Randall Cobb and Al Lazard before the trade even happened to New York. Mm. Um, So I think they'd also brought in Nathaniel Hackett before the trade had even happened. Yeah, they had. And And ironically fired their offensive coordinator, who was Matt LaFleur's brother. (laughs) Yeah. Mike LaFleur. Um, but um so it this is this is his chance to prove that he is the, he was the reason why Green Bay was as successful as they were. That he was the he is, you know, the four time and and league MVP. Mm. Um but yes, and, and and I'd like to point out that yes, even though he is Probably this this the best quarterback that has ever suited up for um the Jets. He would not be their leader in Super Bowl rings. He'd be tied because again, that's that's the biggest knock against him is that he's only won one Super Bowl, and he needs to prove it wrong. And if they're going to be as successful as a lot of New Yorkers hope that they can be, if they are going, if he is going to what this potential that we see in all of these young players can if that can be maximized and Aaron Rodgers can play at a level that we know he can play at, then this team is a Super Bowl favorite. Um and so even with a piss poor offensive line. Sure. Um I'll go in a little bit of a different direction. My number one answer, offensive line. My one B mm-hmm. answer, I'm gonna go with coaching staff. So there's Two ways in my mind that this plays out. There's the Brett Favre to the Minnesota Vikings way, and there's the Peyton Manning to the Denver Broncos way. You can make pretty decent comparisons to both, right? When you look at both both of those teams prior to Brett Favre joining the Vikings and Peyton Manning joining the page or joining the Broncos, um, you look at it and go, let's let's run through the checklist. Really good defensive players, whether it was Jared Allen or Von Miller or um, Akib Talib, or Chad Greenway, or very good defensive players for those respective teams. Really solid young wide receivers, whether it was Demarius Thomas, or Percy Harvin, or uh, Simeon Rice, or some of those other great, other guys. Really good halfback play um, in guys like Adrian Peterson. And, um, oh my God, who was the Broncos halfback when they won the Super Bowl? Was it C.J. Anderson? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Um, all of these things, like the Jets fit these categories, but what's the key difference between the one that got to the Super Bowl and then eventually won another one and the one that didn't? It's coaching staff. Brad Childress versus Gary Kubiak. Is Robert Sala going to be a Brad Childress or is he going to be a Gary Kubiak? Now, what I'll say is that is that now the Jets' excuses are off, right? You've got two reigning rookies of the year, You've got a top five defense. You've got a head coach that is great on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a four-time MVP at quarterback. You've got a a fantastic young halfback room uh, led by Brees Hall. 
the excuses are kind of off here for the Jets. You did all of it without having to give up a first round pick in this draft. It, like, did, did, it's time to put up or shut up for the Jets. Like, we can hype this all that we want, but it's extremely clear that the way the Jets have built themselves, even when you look at the contracts that they signed with for guys like Alan Lazard and the contract extension they signed with like guys like Quinn and Williams, um, it's it's very clear that this is a team that expects to compete for and win a Super Bowl for the first time since 1968 or something like that. Like Super Bowl three was the one that the Jets won, I believe, um, all those years ago, you know, led by Joe Namath. It, it's got to be the coaching staff. Is this a coaching staff that is going to be able to keep their guys motivated when we know that these slim times are going to happen in ways that they didn't do last year? This was a seven and four Jets team. They were poised to make the playoffs. Instead, they lost. They lost six in a row. And watch as a team in the Miami Dolphins, led by their third string quarterback, almost beat the Bills in the in the wild card round of the playoffs. If that had been the Jets, with how bad the Bills played in that game, the Jets the Jets would have easily won their first playoff game since two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's got to be on the coaching staff here because it's not a situation of being like, oh, well, yeah, look at us. We're still so young because now you look at this team and you go, OK, I've got a 40 year old projected starting left tackle. I've got a nearly 40 year old quarterback. I've got a couple of 30 year olds. I've got a couple of 35 year olds across multiple positions here. I've had to completely rework my safety room since I traded Jamal Adams because um, uh, who is the guy that they had gotten from? from Seattle in that trade. Who is the um, McDonald? Is that who it was? I thought so. Let me look it up real quick. I do not remember. Um, But the safety they'd gotten from Seattle in, in exchange for the Jamal Adams trade, he never really worked out. Jordan Whitehead is, you know, has a lot of potential and, and Adrian Amos is a solid player, but he's not, I I don't think Adrian Amos is good as Jamal Adams. McDougal. Bradley McDougal. There you go. Um, And I don't think that you have a ton of quality depth at the cornerback position. God forbid Sauce Gardner goes down for, you know, two or three weeks because your cornerback room at that point starts to look really light. So I'm going to put it on the coaching staff. It's going to be a tough job for them to keep everything working together. I'm very intrigued by hard knocks following the Jets this year. And we're going to see how this whole locker room situation works, because I think one reason a lot of people have hopped on the Lions bandwagon is because of what we saw out of Dan Campbell and this team in hard knocks last year, as opposed to when you watch, you know, the Arizona Cardinals season and you go, wow, okay, this is an extremely dysfunctional team, which way are the Jets going to fall? So with that being said, we're going to keep it in the AFC East as we head to New England to talk about Skyler's favorite uh, uh, team next time we uh, do our team preview. And then after that, we've got our favorite team, the Green Bay Packers to talk about. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Email us your thoughts, fourthstringsp at gmail.com. That is F-O-U-R-T-H string S-P at gmail.com. And have a fantastic night, everybody.